Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. I want to share this morning from one of the great Psalms, Psalm of David. And David, as you know, before he started all of his exploits as king and all of that, he was a shepherd. And just a kid at night, watching sheep, which took no effort at all. It was just a matter of making sure that they were in close and there were no wolves or bad guys out there. So it was an opportunity for him to think a lot. And he wrote these words. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. Thou whose glory above the heavens is chanted by the mouth of babes and infants, thou hast founded a bulwark because of thy foes, to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast established, what is the man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man that thou dost care for him? Yet thou hast made him little less than God, and dost crown him with glory and honor. Thou hast given him dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So when we consider the reality of this creation, and we take it for granted, and I think that we maybe are better than many because we live in such a beautiful community and we have access to the sunsets every night, and especially at this time of year when those thunderheads come rolling in and, and they flash lightning within and, and the color of the sky is so magnificent. Who can see that and not at least be paused by the magnificence of the beauty. As I said earlier, God made this and it didn't have to be beautiful, but it is, and why? It's also so transparent, this creation. We can figure out an awful lot about, about life and how we got here and, and the realities of of science that allow us to get good medicine and, and uh, put people on the moon. I guess a couple billionaires are in a little bit of a scuffle right now of who's really going to be in, in orbit <laughs> in these coming weeks. And it's crazy. It's fun. But we live in this magnificent place that is this creation that God gave to us. And he said, here's the garden. Go till it and keep it. Here it is. He gave us responsibility. He gave us dominion. He gave us, in giving us responsibility, he gives us thereby our dignity as well. What God has made, he's put us in charge of. And, and it's just a, uh, an amazing reality that, that we, are, we are to be reminded of with every moment in which we are smitten by that by that hint of beauty. And it's more than just 
the stuff out there. We see beauty in one another. We see beauty in, in our neighbor. And it's so stunning when, when the Lord gives us that insight to see beauty beyond just the surface reality of things. And yes, it could be a child, but it could also be a, a loved one, a dear one, but we are, we are so surrounded with beauty. And, and the core reality of this is that we have, been, we have been created by a loving, caring God who is a personal God. And, and when, we, when we talk about God, we're not talking in ethereal terms. We don't use language. We use the language that Jesus told us to use, not, not language that is far off and above and, and uh, inaccessible to us. So Jesus said, when you pray, say, Father, Father, personal, immediate to us, someone who loves us, someone who cares for us, someone who protects us, upholds us. 20th century theologian Francis Schaeffer had this to say, the dignity of human life is unbreakably linked to the existence of a personal, infinite Father. It is because there is a personal, infinite God who has made men and women in his own image that they have a unique dignity of life as human beings. Human life, then, is filled with dignity, and the state and humanistically oriented law has no right and no authority to take human life arbitrarily. And so the, the reality of our being made in the image and likeness of God gives us a unique dignity. And, and that dignity extends to all as we, as we treat others with the dig dignity with which God has made them. But it's important for us to do that, for us to, to show that love and, and to demonstrate the dignity of others. Well, that, that being the case, I, I have been a little bit, well, it's a question mark to me when I hear on the news, as I hear all the time, follow the science. Follow the science. Well, I'm all for science. Well, what are we talking about? Science is not a settled reality. It's not fixed. The reality is, it's, it's an ongoing process. When, when they say we're, we're to follow the science, what, what really are we, are we talking about? It's interesting how even the scientific efforts and the scientific enterprise has been affected by various forms of bias. And when, when Einstein came up with theory of relativity, relativity and the Big Bang and all of that sort of thing, well, that said that there was a point in time in which the universe began. It didn't always exist. It wasn't always here. There was a point in time when it started. And they guessed it was around 15 billion years ago, something like that. Well, this was a scandal to the scientific world. And it is to this day a scandal to the scientific world. Because if there's a point in time beginning, 
Well, the mind doesn't have to work real hard to think, well, what was going on before that? What started it? How did this happen? And, and so the scientific effort has been to try to make sure that that they stay in business by proving there's no God still, even though there's a point in time beginning, somehow there still has to be no God. That is the bias of so much science. Robert Jastrow was an astronomer and planetary physicist, and he, he was part of that whole milieu, and he was struggling to understand. He was probing like everyone else to the very moment of, of the beginning of time, the beginning of, of the the known universe, and he had this to say. At this moment, this is about 20 years ago, it seems as though science will never be able to raise the curtain on the mystery of creation. For the scientist who has lived by his faith in his power of reason, the story ends like a bad dream. He has scaled the mountains of ignorance. He's about to conquer the highest peak he pulls himself up over the final rock, and he's greeted by a band of theologians who've been sitting there for centuries. <laughs> and so because they cannot figure out how we got here, and the reality is that it is statistically impossible for us to be here by their models. Their models of uh, random chance creating this whole universe and having us here together this morning, well, <clears throat> statistically, mathematics consider anything from, uh, that is one chance in 10 to the 50th power to be impossible, mathematically impossible. Our chances of being here are one chance in 10 times the 191st power for our being here. And they know it because they've got the supercomputers to, to keep unwrapping all of this. And so what they've done is they have created, out of thin air, they have made up a theory about multiverses, multiple universes. All that does is increases the chances that we can be here on Sunday morning. And so they, out of thin air, they have made up science. Just like people have made up religion. Made up science, made up religion. And I would even suggest that the atheism that so many adhere to, or the agnosticism that it seems to be so sophisticated in our, in our time, is also just made up part of a larger narrative of our time, such that people of faith are, are considered to be, well, there are all kinds of bad things we're considered to be, but at the, the least of it is we're just superstitious. But the reality is, if we really follow the science, we're going to end up where, ja where Robert Jastrow suggested, and that is, we're going to be right back here in church we follow the science. The science of our world keeps unfolding the mysteries that we have not known, but proclaimed for centuries. That God made this. That, that God loves us. 
And he made this all out of an act of his love. Made from nothing. And to nothing we return. We return to God. Come from God as nothing and return to God when we become nothing. And that's the, the beauty of, of our faith because with all of the efforts to overthrow the Christian faith, it's failed again and again and again. And the arguments against a, a God who has created all of this ultimately fail on the harsh rocks of their own science. In place of that, well, if, if we have to believe that there is no God, then we end up with a world that is simply the pursuit of power. That's all there is. If there is no nothing out there other than us, if we are all there are, maybe there are some others out there by some random chance that they showed up, if, they, if, if this is all there is, and if this life is all there is, well, then, as Nietzsche suggests, then we just go after power. Power. And what Nietzsche suggests is one of the most relevant demonstrations of power is the ability of one to inflict pain on another. And of course, Nietzsche was the faith of National Socialism. God was dead. There was no accountability beyond ourselves and beyond that ruler. What Nietzsche called an overman, one who was over culture, defining culture, defining reality, they called the Superman. They followed the science. And the science at that time was neo, well not, was, um, I was going to call it neo-genomics, that's Doug Overman, uh, Doug, uh, um, brain freeze. <laughs> Doug's, yeah, brain freeze, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a company. It's not, but um, in any event, the, the science of the time was that there were superior races, that evolution as applied to our understanding of, gen of genetics gave rise to races that were superior to other races. That was science. They followed the science. And so as we follow the science, as we do that without having as our foundation to science, the reality of our faith, and we, we crash and burn, we, we do some very bad things. And the growth of tyranny, the growth of despotism, the growth of dictatorships on our planet are all efforts at achieving power over other people without accountability to God. All that said, the reality is that we have been lovingly made. God our Father has made us in an act of love. There was no contingency that that forced God to, to make us, to create us. There was no necessity that we be here. The only necessity, the sole necessity, was that God loved us even before there was an us. 
139th Psalm speaks of the fact that we, we existed in the heart of God even before we were a twinkle in our Father's eyes. And He made us in an act of love. And knowing that we are loved by God, knowing that God has created us with the dignity and the honor that He has bestowed upon us, moves us only to replicate that love toward one another and to show that we belong to Him, show that others belong to Him also, even if they don't yet believe. When the Apostle Paul said, faith, hope, and love abide these three, the greatest of these is love, I do believe that this life has many things that happen when we have our faith eclipsed by the harsh realities of loss. And when we lose faith, hope is a casualty. And the only thing that's left is love. And so there are times, dear brothers and sisters, when we have to love one another and we do the believing for one another. We do the hoping for one another. When one is lost to us and that person that person who is left behind is broken and without faith and without hope. That's what we do is we love. We love with silly stuff, like flowers, casseroles, carrot cakes, whatever it may be. We show up, we give them hugs, we let them know that they matter to us. And in that, in that, we point beyond the reality that is right before us, and that is the reality of loss. And we bear witness to the reality that God loves us and that God made us. Will you join me in prayer? Dear Father, I thank you that you did. You created us in an act of love. We thank you that we're here we thank you that you give us daily opportunities to love one another and to love others. To see the, the mystery in the other. For the other has been created in your image and likeness. And you've given us eyes to see. And so, dear Father, move us to love as you have first loved us. With the creative power that made us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.